Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, I'm honored to have Rod Khalif. Rod is a rock star multifamily investor, and if you're in the multifamily space, then you know his name. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about the different lessons that he's learned throughout the years of investing, including his biggest lesson, which is losing over $50 million during the 2008 financial crisis. But more importantly, what kind of mindset he had to have to get there in the first place, as well as to recover after losing all that money. We're gonna talk a lot about mindset and goal setting, as well as the true meaning to success and fulfillment. So I hope you guys all enjoy this interview. Let's head on in. Rod, thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and tell us what you do. Okay, okay, Sean, thanks for having me, brother. Let's, let's have some fun today. So, my name is Rod Cleef, and uh, if you haven't heard my story, uh, then let me, let me go back a little ways, if I may. So, I immigrated to this country when I was six years old uh, with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha, and we ended up in Denver, Colorado, where I lived for 30 years, and I will tell you that we didn't have much. In fact, we struggled. Uh, I remember I wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army, hand-me-down clothes, all the way through junior high school till I could get a job when I was 14 by lying about my age at Burger King and got my own clothes. But, um, you know, I remember we ate expired food because it was half price and uh, powdered milk is what we drank because my mom thought milk was healthy. And, um, you know, and I'm sure, especially with COVID and all the nonsense that's going on right now, you may have listeners, Sean, that had it, have it harder now than we did or have had it harder in the past. Now, the thing of it is, I knew I wanted more. And so, um, luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic, and she bought the house across the street from us when I was 14 for about $30,000. And when I was 17, she told me it had gone up $20,000 in her sleep. And I'm like, what? You made 20 grand? You didn't do anything? Screw college. I'm doing real estate. So I got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18, uh, which you could do back then with education. You know, I wasn't just an agent, I was a broker. And they got smart now, you have to have some experience now. But, but I was a broker right when I turned 18 and, and I was gonna be rich in real estate. Well, my first year in real estate, I maybe made about $8,000. My second year, maybe $10,000. But my third year, I made well over 100,000. So what happened between year two and year three? Well, what happened was I, um, I, I, I met a guy that taught me about mindset and psychology. And, and truly how 80 to 90% of your success in anything isn't the technical side of things. It's your mindset. It's your psychology. It's your ability to take action and keep taking action when, you're, when, you, when you encounter a setback or fear. Uh, it, it's, it's, the, it's the mindset and the psychology that gets you out of your comfort zone. And so, so fast forward to today, I've owned over 2,000 houses that I've rented long term. I've owned multiple apartment complexes. In 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And when that happens sometimes, people can get a big head. Well, I got a big head. You couldn't fit my head through a freaking double door. I thought I was a real estate god. You know, if you want to do the math on that, it's like $8,300 an hour over a 40-hour work week over the whole year. And I thought, man, I'm golden. Well, you know how that, when that happens, somebody gets like that, maybe God or the universe will give them a smackdown. Well, that was 2008 for me. I lost that 17 million, a whole lot more. I lost $50 million in 2008. I mean, I literally lost everything. And so one of the things I enjoy talking about, Sean, if you'd like, and we can go a little deeper on, is the mindset it took to have $50 million to lose in the first place, and then the mindset it took to get back to the success that I'm blessed to enjoy today. Do you want me to 
drill down on that a little bit? Absolutely. Let's hear it. All right. Well, so what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to share a process that I do at my live events. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> when I did live events, I was on track to have seven or 800 people in Orlando at my last live event. We all know what happened with live events. So now I'm doing live streams and I did a live stream event a few weeks ago. We had 900 people there, which is, and I'll tell you, I'm, I've got another one coming up and I'll tell you about it. But that's one of the first things we do is this goal setting process. It's like goal setting on steroids. So if you're listening to the show right now, if you can take some notes, I think you'll be glad you did. Um, and I'm I'm going to take you through the process. I'm just going to describe it in a few minutes. Now, if you want me to actually take you through it, um, you can go to my Rod Cleef official Facebook page. And on January 1st, on New Year's Day, I, I did it um, for about an hour and 15 minutes. I did the whole goal setting process. I did a planning process that I teach and with music and the whole thing. And there's a, down, a guide you can download. That's at my Rod Cleef official Facebook page. But I'm going to tell you what the steps are right now. So, and again, this is how... Well, uh, this is how I, I, I had 50 million to lose. And this is how I recovered, you know, was, was through this process by remembering exactly what I wanted and more importantly, why I wanted it. So pick an hour when you have a lot of energy, okay? And you want to sit down and, and you don't want to do it after a big meal. You want to make sure you're hydrated. Make sure you drank some water. In fact, on that note, let me have a drink of water. All right, cheers. Make sure, you're, make sure you're hydrated and sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. Okay, all the stuff. Write down the houses, the cars, the jet skis, the boats, the planes, whatever it is, all the stuff, write it down. Also write down how much money you want in the bank, say in three years and maybe in 10 years in, in a bank account. Write down how much income you want from your investments, say in three years or 10 years. Um, but, but all the stuff and take the lid off your brain. Imagine if you write it down, you're going to get it, which isn't outside the realm of reality. There's this filter in our brain. It's called the reticular activating system. And it's that filter that subconsciously, you're not aware of this. It subconsciously directs you to what it thinks from your past experiences is most important for you to focus on. And the greatest way to describe it so you know what I'm talking about is when you first buy a car, you never really notice them, but you buy the car and you see them everywhere. Were they there before? Of course they were, but that's, that's your reticular activating system. And by, and I'm sure if you're listening to Sean, you've done your goals, but trust me, what we're going to go through here is more powerful. So, so, so humor me. So you're going to write down everything you want. You're also going to write down everything you want to do in your lifetime. So it's not just the stuff. It's the, by the way, when I say take the lid off your brain, imagine if you write it down, you're going to get it. So I don't care if you want a private island, a jet, a yacht, whatever it is, write it down. Write down also what you want to do in your lifetime. So maybe you want to climb all the mountains over 14,000 feet, or you want to write a book, or you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I did that eight months ago. Never freaking do it again. I can promise you that, but it's off my list. Okay, I got it done. Um, so write down what you want to do. Also write down what you want to learn in this lifetime. So it's not just the stuff, okay? The stuff's important. We need the stuff, but write down what you want to learn. So maybe you want to learn a foreign language. You want to learn a skill. If you want to learn multifamily, come to my next live stream. I'll tell you about that in a minute. It's ridiculously reasonably priced. Um, um, so, so write down what you want to learn. Also write down, you know, write down where you want to travel. I've got a travel vision board. Write that down. Write down. Also, lastly, write down who you want to help. 
you know, I, I bought my parents a house on a canal in Florida, bought them a car, took them on cruises. Who do you, who do you want to do something for? Because we'll do more for others than we'll do for ourselves. And again, guys, this is the fuel. This is the fuel to get you to take action, to push through any fear that you have, to push through any limiting beliefs that you have, to get uncomfortable. Comfort zone's a warm place, but nothing freaking grows there. So you got to push yourself out of it, right? So uh, you've written down everything you want to do, be, or have. Once you can't think of another thing, and by the way, if you're analytical, please don't stop and analyze every, everything you write down. Just keep writing. You can scratch it out later. You don't want to lose your momentum. You keep your energy. and Just keep writing everything you can think of, big, little, small, big, small, huge, doesn't matter. All right. Then the next thing I want you to do when you can't think of another thing is you, it's not real until it's measurable. Put a time limit by each goal, how long it's going to take you to achieve it. Put a one, a three, a five, a 10, even a 20 recognizing that as human beings, we will overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in say 10, 5, 10, 20 years. I'll give you an example. When I was 18, I knew I wanted to live on the beach. There's, and there's no beach in Denver. And, and, and so I would visualize palm trees and sand and of course, bikinis, I'm a guy, and, and surf and all that stuff. And what's crazy is 20 years later, I built this mansion on the beach, this you know, $8 million, 10,000 square foot home on the beach where I owned the beach on one side and it was like this cut through an island. So on the backside, I had my boat lifts called Gulf the Bay, magnificent home, which was unthinkable when I was 18. So that's my point here. Make sure you take the lid off your brain. Do not limit yourself. You're only limited between, with what's between your ears, okay? So... <clears throat> Um, you put a time limit on each goal and don't overthink the number either. Those of you that are analytical, just throw a number down. It's not going to be perfect. It's okay. Now, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to pick your number one goal. I mean, that goal, when you get it, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. That goal, put that on a separate sheet of paper. Then I want you to pick your top three one-year goals. Put those on a separate sheet of paper. So you've got four goals and leave a little room in between them. And again, if you want me to walk you through this on January 1st, go to my Facebook page and, and I, you'll have a guide and everything you can download, free guide. But now what comes the important stuff, okay? And by the way, at this point, you're already ahead of 99.99% of the people on the planet, okay? The, the, even, if you, even the ones that do their goals, this is taking it to a whole nother level. Now, the goals are important, but what's even more important than the goals is why they're an absolute must, for you to achieve. So you need to write a paragraph underneath each one of your goals, why you have to achieve it. Okay. And you want to use emotion. You want to use emotionally charged words like amazing, incredible, beautiful, wonderful. What, you know, use words that'll juice you. Okay. And so you might say, so, you know, we can have freedom. My family and I can have freedom to do whatever we want and go wherever we want and bring whoever we want, you know, um, so I can show my kids what success looks like. So I can show my wife or husband what it means to be successful. So whatever it is for you, why is it an absolute freaking must? That's what you're going to write down. Okay. And once you've got a positive reason why you must achieve each one of these goals, I want you to put some pain in there. And, and this is going to sound harsh, but what I'm going to tell you is as human beings, we will do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. And you want to use this because again, this is the fuel. So you're going to put what happens if you don't achieve the goal. So I don't feel like a failure. So I don't live a life of regret. So I don't fail my children. So I don't fail my husband or wife, you know, make it freaking painful. 
And I'll tell you, there was this nurse in Australia, and this is why this is so important, guys. There was this nurse in Australia named Bronnie Ware, and she was a hospice nurse. So she counseled hospice, you know, people at the end of their lives. And she asked him a question. She wrote a book about it, actually. But the question was, do you have any regrets? And the book is called The Five Regrets of Dying. You know what the number one regret was, Sean? It was not living the life I knew I was capable of living, living someone else's life, not living up to my potential. Screw that, guys. We do not want that, okay? We do not want that at the end of our lives. And this is what will prevent that from happening, okay? So once you've got that done and you've got your whys down, there's just one more step. And that is get pictures of your goals. Now, let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about because you can manifest this stuff into your life. Usually I'm at my home and I've got my vision boards and stuff I can show you, but I've got something I can show you anyway. But get pictures. Let me give you an example. There's a great one, a public one. If you Google Jim Carrey and check the actor Jim Carrey, he wrote himself a check for $10 million when he was flat broke. And he used to go sit up by the Hollywood sign in LA and he would look at that check and he would visualize cashing it. And that's how much money he made for one of his first films, Dumb and Dumber. Um, another great public, uh, recent example is Demi Lovato, when she was a nobody publicly uh, 10 years ago, announced on social media that she was going to sing in the Super Bowl. She sang in this last Super Bowl. So, and, and let me, and, and let, give me, I'll give you some personal examples. So, um, when I got my broker's license, when I turned 18, I figured, you know, I got to get a four-door car because I got to show people houses, right? So I got this bone ugly four-door Ford Granada, bench seat in the, sun, in the front, ugliest piece of crap you ever saw in your life. Well, I worked with a guy that had a couple of Corvettes and he had this cool house. I dated his daughter. He was the guy I was telling you about earlier. And he let me drive one of the Corvettes. Now, I will tell you, that is really important too. If there's something you want, go experience it like test drive the car, go to an open house or the house like you want. You know, I, I, one of my goals now is to either rent or own a yacht and do the Italian coastline. And, and so I went to the Miami Yacht Show when the world hadn't changed yet. Uh, it was, this was Valentine's Day, literally like a week or two before COVID. But I BS'd my way onto these super yachts, okay? So, you know, and, and like pretending I was going to buy one. And I sat in the captain's chair and I pretended I owned it. I laid on the bed and I visualized owning it because it freaking works, okay? So, so back to the Corvette. So he let me drive it. I got a picture. This is, again, this is like almost 40 years ago, okay? I got a picture out of a magazine. You couldn't even spell internet yet. It hadn't been thought of. Out of a magazine, I put the picture of the Corvette on the visor of my Granada. So every time I sat there, it was right there in my face. Within a year or two, I had a Corvette, beautiful red Corvette. After that, this is back when the TV show Magnum PI was on. And, and this was before you were born, Sean, but this is, it was a, it was a detective story and the actor's name was Tom Selleck. He was in Hawaii and he drove this red Ferrari 308. And I saw that and I'm like, that's the coolest freaking car I've ever seen in my life. I got to have one. So I got a picture of that actual car out of a magazine, put on the visor of my Corvette. Within a year or two, I got a Maserati look just like it. Now, let me say this. This is not me bragging. Okay, please understand that. This stuff doesn't even interest me anymore. I just, I'm hoping to inspire your listeners and you guys that are listening here. So please know, again, I'm not interested in this stuff anymore, but it, but it works. And that's why I want to share with you. So last example, car example, again, is, is I'm the guy that always wanted a Lamborghini growing up through high school. Back then it was the Lamborghini Countach. It was that one that Mike Tyson bought him and his wife. They were married about a week, I think, matching white Lamborghinis. Well, my son collected models of exotic cars 
and he had a model, he had like 30 of them. He had a model of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up getting, which is just crazy. But let me show you something. For those of you that are maybe watching this on YouTube, um, now I know that um, you can't see this, so I'll just have to describe it. But this is my planner. And I use a paper planner. Yes, I'm a dinosaur. I use Outlook too, so I'm not completely illiterate. But I've used this for years. But in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years. And I'm not exaggerating, okay? They're in plastic. They're all dog-eared. The first pictures are pictures of my children. They're my gratitude pictures. They're, everything starts from a place of gratitude, guys. So you need to incorporate gratitude into this process to get what you want. It's very important. So the pictures of my kids when they were young. Then... I've got pictures of the houses that I wanted. What's crazy is this top picture looks just like that house I had on the beach. I had 10 foot high glass, had travertine floors just like that. This bottom picture, if I was at home, my backdrop is my backyard and you would see these walls. I got a wall just like this behind me in my house now. This is 20 years ago, it's before I had this stuff, okay? And then, you know, pictures of, uh, you know, stupid, stupid shit like watches that I, I've got a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches. The Lamborghini before I ever got it, okay? The Rolls Royce, the Bentley, all this stuff that I got because I had pictures. So do not underestimate the power of this. I know I lost some of you analytical guys, but I'm here to tell you a big mistake because this stuff freaking works. So get pictures, have them blown up, put them on your wall around you, put them on your screensaver, and, 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 and that's how this stuff comes into your life, by keeping it in front of you. All right, I'll get off my soapbox. Anyway, that's, that's the process that I take people through. That's awesome. So basically during your second year as a broker and you weren't finding much success, your mentor basically told you to do all these things and you did them and you achieved some successful results on year three. Uh, year three. Yeah. I mean, back then a hundred grand for a 21 year old back in the early eighties was some serious coin. You know, that's how I bought that Maserati, you know? And, and so, um, you know, I was, I was making good money. Uh, but Again, then, then I actually started buying houses instead of selling other people houses. Uh, but I did really well. You know, what I did actually was I knocked on doors of people that were in foreclosure. I said, you know, hey, I was down at the courthouse. I saw you having a little trouble with countrywide funding. And they're out of business now, so I can use their name. And, you know, I help people when they're having trouble. And I bought, you know, I bought 500 houses in Denver that way um, back in the day. Uh, multiple apartment complexes, so... Yeah. Do you want to talk about your real estate investing journey? Like, what did you start sure. with? How did you sure. go into multifamily? Sure. So, so again, I've owned 2,000 houses, uh, 500 in Denver, a couple hundred in Memphis, and the rest were in Florida. And what was fascinating is when I was losing everything in 2008, it was the houses that pulled me down. Let me give you some detail on that because people are like, how did you lose? You know, we had eight, I had 800 houses. I had multiple apartment complexes. Why did it crash and burn? Well, here's why. Several reasons. The first one is... Um, Florida has no state income tax. So the property taxes are higher there, which of course impacts cash flow. I had a lot of properties in wind and flood zones along the coastline, which is higher insurance. So it impacts cash flow. But the couple of big things were if I sent someone to one of my apartment complexes, like right now, I'm in this 403 unit asset that we own in Louisiana. We're doing a management switch over and I need to kick some butt around here. So I'm here for a few days. And so, um, and, but if we have a maintenance issue here, we've got a whole maintenance room downstairs filled with thousands of dollars worth of parts. So maintenance man can grab a part and fix something in an hour. So, but if I had to send someone to one of my houses, so I had houses that were two hours north and two hours south and everywhere in between. So if I had to send someone to one of my houses, you know, it might take an hour, hour and a half to get there one way. 
Then they'd have to see what was wrong because every house is different. Then they'd have to go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's where we have an account and, you know, go buy parts. And then they come back and you, I don't know if you've ever fixed anything. You get into it and you realize, oh crap, I forgot that or need to go get this because of what we found here. And then you go back again. And so what would take an hour at one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of my 800 houses. And so you multiply that times 800 and I had C-class property. So a lot of fix up, um, you know, it was very, it just, that was a big thing, but they really didn't totally cash flow, believe it or not. And listen to this. I was at a 30% loan to value. I only owed 30 cents on the dollar. Okay. And it still didn't quite cash flow. Just, but what was interesting when it crashed, my multifamily did just fine. Sure. It pulled back a little bit. It was the houses that pulled me down. If I hadn't cross collateralized packages of houses with my multifamily to lower the interest rates, I'd still have those, those apartment complexes. But the coup de gras, the last, the kind of the, the, the thing that ended it all was a lot of my tenants were either in retail or they were, they were contractors, plumbers, electricians, drywallers, roofers, painters, framers, which fell off a freaking cliff in 2008. Nothing was being built. And so, you know, they, they had no income. And that was kind of like the, the, the final straw. And I will tell you, even though I was at a 30% loan to value, See, I thought Florida was recession proof. I thought 80 million baby boomers getting old and getting cold. Florida is going to last forever. That was my line to my investors, getting old, getting cold. But, you know, we were ground zero for the recession. At one point, my portfolio was actually upside down. So it fell more than 70% in value. That's how, that's how bad the crash was back then. I will tell you, say this, guys, if there was a time to get in real estate, it is right now because this shit's coming again. Just sorry to cuss, but it's coming. Okay. It is definitely coming. And, 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 and you can't have 44 million people out of work and not have it impact the economy and impact real estate. So I'm just going to tell you that at some point they're going to stop this, you know, the, 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 the federal stimulus stuff, you probably after the election, I would guess. Uh, but at that point, we're going to see some, some pain, unfortunately, but with crisis comes incredible opportunity and there are opportunities coming. So you know, again, I was mentioning my two-day live stream event. It's coming up July 20th. I don't know when you're going to air this, but it's coming up July 25th and 26th. I will be doing another one probably three or four months after that, if it's after that. But um, it's $97, okay? For two full days of training, I'm not selling anything. So if you're interested, text Rod Live to 41411 or go to multifamilyvirtualbootcamp.com. I mean, I, you're going to get literally almost six inches worth of books and manuals, um, we go deep. I'll have panelists. It's, it's, you learn pretty much everything you need to know about this business in those 16 hours um, with me. So I uh, would love to see if you have any interest in multifamily and the price is ridiculously low. So, yeah, that's great. Um, when you were going through this crash 2008, obviously it was a lot, it was a lot worse than the other crashes in the past. Sure. Uh, you have also seen other crashes, right? You've seen, yes, I have. Yeah, uh, I'll, so give you some other, I'll give you some examples. Back in the late 80s, I was actually flipping houses too. And, and this is a great example for this, for this, just what happens in real estate, real estate cycles. So there's this house in Denver. Actually, the address was 3351 West 30th Avenue in Denver. I remember the address. I don't know why. But I had so I'd flipped this house, sold it for 76000 Two years later, the market crashed. I bought it back for 18.8. I remember 18 grand, okay? 19 grand. Three years later, I sold it, maybe four years later, I sold it for 160. Okay, so you, this, it's now worth about 800 grand. Okay, so that's a fantastic example of market cycles. Um, but yes, I've been through, you know, the savings and loan crash. 
Um, and, 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 you know, real estate, it's like, it's like life comes in seasons. You know, there's, there's spring, summer, you know, fall, and there is winter. We are heading into winter guys. I'm just telling you. And so if you, again, if you're thinking real estate, you're thinking maybe multifamily now is the time. I don't care if you learn from me, but learn the business because if you've built your team and you've got access to money, it doesn't have to be your own money. Yes. Deals take money. Doesn't have to be your own money. Um, you have, I think there's going to be probably the greatest opportunity in our lifetimes is coming in, in the near future. Uh, I really believe that. I think there's going to be a huge transfer of wealth. Um, we're already seeing landlords suffering in the states that have the eviction moratoriums really suffering. And you're going to see a lot of deals come back. A lot of skinny deals were done over the last few years and they're going to, they're going to fail. There's just no question. And so there's going to be opportunity to get deals at cents on the dollar. If you know the business, you know how to evaluate deals, you know how to raise money, watch out because the opportunity's coming. Yeah. seems like if you learn the lessons from the past, then you're going to be able to take advantage of this current economic crisis. Believe it. Believe, I was hiding under a rock when I lost everything. I will tell you for a while. I, it took me a while to get my focus back. You know, the thing to remember here, guys, is whatever you focus on grows, okay? Be it positive or negative. You know, I'll have people call me and say, you know, I'm trying to get out of student loan debt. And I'm like, wrong thing to say. Focus on the money so the debt goes away. Because again, where focus goes, energy flows, and you've got to be focusing on what you want, not what you don't want. I'll give you a great example. They asked Mother Teresa if she was anti-war. She said, no, I'm pro-peace. See the difference? So, um, but anyway, yeah. So can you talk about that mentality? Because first of all, it's a great accomplishment to have that much equity. And second of all, it's a great accomplishment to come out of a $50 million debt. What exactly happened? It wasn't $50 million debt. That yeah. was what I was worth. That was that was that was Rod's net worth. Okay, wow. that dissipated. No, I had I had more than that in debt. But the point, no, actually less than that. No, no, I'm sorry. It was my debt was uh, in the twenty million range. I think. Let's see. I was I was eighty percent, seventy percent loan to value. Do the math on that. But but the point is. A lot of people don't recover from losing everything like that. I mean, they just, I mean, people jumped off buildings in the 1929 crash for sure. or losing equitably, you know, but again, I knew that focus was important. So I focused on the things that I wanted. I reassociated with what I want. I went and went to a hotel and literally journaled for, for two days and reassociated with the things that I wanted and got, got on track again. And now, you know, we bought a thousand doors with my students last year. Um, we're on track to double that this year. We're about to close on 280 in Cincinnati, another 170 in Atlanta. Um, you know, so, so, but um, again, it was, it was, it was putting a team together, focusing on what I want and, um, and uh, you know, not wallowing and, or, or, or creating a story. You know, a lot of people will create stories that, 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 that justify their lack of success. Like, like I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have enough money. I'm, I don't have enough knowledge. Um, mine wasn't, you know, I'm not analytical enough, you know, no. So I partnered with my partner as a CPA. He's done a billion and a half dollars with a commercial real estate. And, and he's the analytical one. He can throw him in a room with, with a spreadsheet and just throw raw meat in once in a while. And he's happy, you know, so, <laughs> but. Yeah. So like what exactly happened the, like that made you lose the $50 million? Well, it was, it was, it was, it was the fact that, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it together. I had to stop making payments on the properties. I had hundreds of foreclosures. I lost everything. 
Yeah, so, yeah, I couldn't I, hold it. To, I couldn't hold it together. That was that's yeah, what uh, because of all those things I just said. You know the, the 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 tenant base that I had, the demographics. So now I'm incredibly careful with with demographical research when I analyze an apartment complex. I want to see employment bases that are empl that are recession resistant. You know, higher education, healthcare. Um, you know, uh, uh, things of that nature. Uh, versus retail, like right now, retail is getting crushed. I've got friends that own strip centers are getting killed. Almost every one of them has said that seventy percent of their tenants are asking for rent abatements, but they've got mortgages to pay. You know, again, there are deals coming, guys. So, you know. And did you have like investors at the time as well? No, no, it was all, they were all wholly owned by me. Everything was wholly owned by me. Yeah, because one of the things, like, especially if you take a big loss like that there's a huge like reputation hit as well. Right. They're sure, like now, sure, Oh, sure. like, yeah. Sure. How did you get over that? I was transparent. I'm transparent about it. I mean, you, you know, I, I, I'm, I try to be real and you know, you come to, if you come to my live event or my live stream event within five minutes of meeting, you'll hear about my worst moment of my life. And, and it's just, it's just an effort to be authentic. And, and so, you know, uh, and that wasn't the 50 million, believe it or not. Uh, it wasn't about money, but, but the point is, is um, hey, listen, we guys, we fail our way to success. So, so many people fear failure. I'm going to tell you, don't fear failure, fear regret. Regret is much worse than failure. So, I've built 24, I call them seminars. That was a $50 million seminar, okay? Now, I have also built 24 businesses. Okay, 24, several have been worth tens of millions of dollars, but most have been spectacular flaming seminars. Okay, so, so don't fear failure. And I, I'll tell you, I, I got to meet uh, Sarah Blakely, um, the billionaire owner of Spanx, the women's undergarments. And she started with $5,000 and now she's, you know, a gazillionaire. She's, she was on Forbes last year. Um, but she told me that her dad used to tell her and her siblings that at the dinner table, what have you failed at today? Isn't that an awesome freaking question to ask your kids so they don't fear failure? Guys, guys, there is no failure. There's feedback and it could be constructive feedback. It could be painfully constructive feedback, you know, expensive $50 million feedback, but it was feedback, right? But that's, it's only a failure if you don't get back up or you don't get the lesson. That's why I call it, it's a seminar. Really, that's what it is. And it's, and it's, it's you know, there's no straight line to success. Um, I will, I'll give you, I'll give you a success formula that Tony Robbins shared with me. Okay. Which is, which is, again, there's no straight line to success. You need to know what your goal is as clear as possible, crystal clear in your mind, what your goal is. If something, if you're, if you're working towards that goal and something doesn't work, you change your approach with your focus on that goal and change your approach. If that doesn't work, you change your approach, focusing on the goal and try something else. If that doesn't work, you get the message, you change your approach, focusing on the goal and try something else. Rinse and repeat. I will tell you, after I lost everything, I built a litigation support company. And this was helping families save their homes. I built law firms in five states and supported them and, and, and it, was a, it turned into a $10 million business. But in 2010, it almost went bankrupt. And then I changed my approach and I built it into that $10 million company, which I sold last year. When you're in a situation where you basically lost everything, mm -hmm. your reputation as a real estate investor is basically in shambles, what do you do to climb out? Like, how do you start new businesses? How do well, you, you know, I, I, I mean, new business, I mean, if it's non-real estate, it's irrelevant, number one. And I started the businesses, you know, um, on a shoestring. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't bring in debt or equity. I didn't bring in money. 
I, all my businesses, I started on my own. I didn't, that litigation support company, I didn't have any debt or, or anything with that. I just built it. I bootstrapped it. But, but on the real estate side of things, I, hey, yeah, in 2008, I lost 50 million bucks. You can rest assured, I'm going to be a hell of a lot more careful now, right? Okay, you hit me once, shame on you. Hit me twice, I, I deserve that stuff, okay? So this is why I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity I missed out in 09. If I hadn't been hiding under a rock in 08 and 09, I'd be, we'd be doing this from the back of my yacht on Zoom, Sean, instead of at this apartment complex, okay? So, so you know, I, I got no regrets. I, I, listen, if, I hadn't, if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't have met my beautiful wife, which is the greatest gift in the world to me. So, you know what, I, I, money is easy. I, I always had a roof over my head. I always had food on the table. That, you know, it, it's, it, you know, how many watches do you need? You know what, I, I mean, the, the Bentley and the, the rolls, they're really that big of a deal. And he, I mean, it's not, okay, it's just, it's just stuff. You know, if you've got love, and you've got people around you that, that care about you and, and you're doing what you love and, and you're transparent and authentic. Everybody has things happen to them. Mine just has more zeros on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Let me share something else before yeah, I forget, before I forget, buddy. So, so we're back to goals for a second. So, you know, I built that house on the beach. Okay. That giant 10,000 square foot, incredible home. I mean, this house, it, it had a waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get into the pool. The pool was in magazines and it was you know, elevator. It had a wine cellar. It had, you know, uh, I'll just land the plane with this. It has a giant spiral staircase going up to the middle of the house on the second floor. There was these curved custom made aquariums I had put around a 20 feet long cost me almost 200 grand. So that gives you an idea of the house. Okay. So two months after we moved in, and so I worked for this thing for 20 years, right? 20 years I worked for this house. Two months after we moved in, I'm floating in the pool at night. My family's inside sleeping, pool's changing colors at night, and, 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 and it's fiber optic lighting, and I got depressed. And I don't mean just bummed. I mean, I was really bummed. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm looking up at this, this, this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. It was to prove the world I was good enough. That's the truth of it. It's embarrassing to admit that. But that's why I, I you know, I, I achieved that measure of success. I had something to prove. And, uh, and I got depressed. And I mean, I achieved success like times a thousand society standards. And how could I be bummed? Well, this is what I want to share with your listeners. There were several things going on. Number one is, it's never about the goals. You need the goals, but it's never about the goals. It's, it's about progress. Happiness comes from growing and progressing. It's never about achievement, believe it or not. It is for a little while, but it's gone very quickly. Two months. Two, I worked for it for 20 years. Two months later, it's like, it's not about that. So that's number one. You need the goals, but it's not about the goals. And also, you should not achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. But there were a couple bigger things going on. Number one is uh, really one bigger thing going on. I had been totally focused on Rod. You know, show the world I'm good enough. Rod, Rod, me, 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 me. And so... Luckily, I bought some books to try to get my mojo back. And one of them was Tony Robbins' book. And I went to his event with my brother in Fort Lauderdale. This is 20 years ago. And found out that he fed families for the holidays. And I'm like, hmm, what a concept. Do something for someone else, not just for Rod. You know, <laughs> took me, I had to be 40 to get that memo. Okay, I'm 60 now. I had to be 40 to get that memo. So I went back and I decided to feed five families for Thanksgiving. Okay, we got called to church, said, who really needs help? And we got these big boxes of food and frozen turkey and roasting pan. And we found out if they had kids, we got toys for the kids. Third family changed my life. 
we go up to this house and there's this woman with five kids in a, not even a one bedroom. It was this, it was kind of a kind of want to be one bedroom. You walk in the living room, you got to walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which has the bathroom off of it. So not even really a one bedroom. So she comes out, she sees all the stuff on the, on the porch and she starts crying. Her kids come out, the older ones start crying. I start crying and I'm hooked. And I'm blessed to say over the last 20 years now, we have fed 75,000 children for the holidays. Now, I bring this up because I was successful, but I was unfulfilled, okay? I was, I, was, I was totally focused on Rod. And we've done, now we've done thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies to local area children. We've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to local police departments for their officers to keep in their vehicles when they encounter a child that's been traumatized. So let me say this, both to you, Sean, and your young listeners that you guys want success. Maybe you want the Lamborghini or you want whatever success means to you. I'm here to tell you that success without that piece is not success. I interview people on my podcast and we just broke 8 million downloads and I'm just really proud of that. But I interview people on my podcast and I can tell it and billionaires, mega millionaires, very, very wealthy people. Okay. And I can tell if they're like I used to be back then, because I recognize it. It was me. Okay. Where they're totally focused on themselves and not adding value and giving back. It's really about them. And I feel sorry for them because, because happiness comes from that fulfillment. So if you're thinking, well, I'll give back once I have the money, I'm here to tell you, don't wait. Give back now because I'm here to tell you that the success will come faster and you'll be happier. Again, we're not achieving to be happy. Don't, don't achieve to be happy. Happily achieve. You're going to get much further, much faster. So I'll leave you with that. That's some very powerful words. I kind of want to go over some key takeaways because you definitely went over a lot of good stuff that I think people should take away from this. So number one is like, you know, obviously set goals and set powerful goals. Use the methods that you taught them to achieve them. And number two is that any failure that you have is really just a seminar and it's a learning lesson. And eventually you take the lessons and you're going to be successful if you just keep, being, uh, if you just keep going. And, you know, with achievement, achievement itself probably won't make you happy, but it's more so the progress and at the end of the day, you need to be fulfilled. So you get that fulfillment by you have to give. providing you have service to give. other people. Yeah. You have to give beyond yourself, Sean. If you want love, give love. Whatever you give, you get back. You want love, give love. You want happiness, give happiness. You want money, give of yourself. We have two hands, one to pull ourselves up and one to pull up someone underneath us but, you know, and pull them up. So, you know, I tell people when they attend my, my events that take notes as if you're going to teach this because you want to aspire to help someone else do this as well. And, and so, you know, that's, that's how I would approach this. But again, if you want to come see me, text Rod live to 41411. I'd love to see you. The price is ridiculously low and I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm just going to teach you. So, and, and I bring in a lot of mindset to it as well. It's not just the real estate knowledge. Just drinking through a fire hose, Trust me on that, um, but, but it's, it's not just the real estate knowledge. I, I, I help you with, with pushing through that fear, pushing through those limiting beliefs and actually taking action with what you learn. Right. So if you're a brand new investor, what tips would you give them if they want to get started right now? <laughs> I just gave it. Come see me. Okay, start there for $97. If you can't afford that, you better go get some source of income so that you can't, I'm sorry, I'm being an ass now, but, but come see me or, or just go on YouTube. If you can't, if you truly can't afford it, go on YouTube and absorb, learn, learn as much as you can, but then ultimately you got to take action. Okay. Because you know, you, 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 you have to make a plan. 
You have to, you know, get as much of the facts as you can. You cannot dabble in this business. Dabblers get crushed. Um, you've got, you've got to learn the business. You got to buckle down. You can't be afraid of it. Um, you know, I never went to college, but I, I went and, and, um, and went to lots of, of, of um, boot camps and things like that over the years. And, you know, if you'd like, I can share a picture. Uh, yeah, here it is right here. I can share a picture with you um, for those of you that are watching this. Let me do that real quick. Um, and I'll just describe it. It's me, it's me with hundreds of lanyards around my neck and on my arms, of course, standing in front of my Bentley and one of my Mercedes and, and you know, talking about traditional education versus just going to boot camps and seminars like I did over the last 20 years. And they're both great. And, and I get this all the time. Should I go to college? And I would say, yes, if you don't have a great work ethic. If you have a great work ethic and you know you want more, then I would say no. So there you go. Awesome. But, but, but take action. Learn this business. Don't dabble. And, and, and stay focused on your goals. Don't get discouraged. You know, life, things are going to happen. You're going to get your nose bloodied. Not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And that's okay. That's part of it. You know, you won't have a memo as big as mine, 50 million, trust me. So don't worry about it. If you fail more than that, please call me because then I'll feel better about myself. <laughs> well, Rod, this has been amazing. Thank you for sharing your story and all of your wisdom. Uh, how can people get in contact with you? So, so again, if you want to come, come to my boot camp, please do. You'll love it. I promise you, you'll love it. Um, if you want to, if you want to learn more about multifamily, go to multifamilycommunity.com. That's a website, multifamilycommunity.com. It's my Facebook group. It's a direct link to the Facebook group. And uh, we've got 35,000 people in there. It's the largest multifamily Facebook group in the world now. And it's no promotion allowed in there. It's just education. There's lots of great stuff. I go live in there. I'll probably go live in there today. Um, because I'm at this asset and I want to talk about the management changeover we're doing here. But, um, and then uh, if you want to go to my website, there's all sorts of free resources there, books and videos and articles and things that I've written or curated. Um, and that's my name, rodcleef.com. And my name's kind of weird. It's spelled K-H-L-E-I-F as in Frank, rodcleef.com. But thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate, you know, I, I did all the talking, you know, you know which, so we always love, we always love it when we're in a conversation and you were the one doing all the talking. It's how to win friends and influence people, right? You get them to talk and then they love the conversation. So I loved this conversation. Oh, it was amazing. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Uh, thanks, brother. All right. Take care, bud. So the key takeaways here are that you need to have these great goal setting methods in order to make sure that you achieve your goals in the first place. But then to also realize that achieving the goal isn't what makes you happy. It's the progression of getting towards your goals that makes you happy. And then ultimately, to make you truly happy and fulfilled is to help other people because you feel more fulfilled when you help others rather than helping yourself. So this was a wonderful lesson and especially revolved around mindset and realizing that money and success really isn't everything. And in fact, you should just do these things to feel the progression, but then ultimately, you need to give back to your community to cause that you care about in order to truly feel fulfilled. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that when you pass away, you have no regrets. You aren't living the life that someone else told you to live. You chose your own path and you were able to find your own inner peace. So I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. If you did, please smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell notification to see more videos just like this one. Thanks again for watching guys, and I'll see you next time. Take care.